This is the 7-Figure Agency Podcast. Discover the strategies and techniques to grow a highly successful and profitable digital marketing agency with your host, Josh Nelson. Really excited for today's session. This is the 7-Figure Agency Podcast. Uh, this is part of our agency success interview series where we're interviewing highly successful digital marketing agencies from across the country. And I'm really excited today to be joined by Austin Hauser. He's the owner of Base Coat Marketing, um, and he's got an amazing story that he's going to share. Um, he's grown his agency from startup to over seven figures over the last 11 months. Um, he's done some amazing work in terms of landing clients, delivering results, retaining, and building the systems for scale. So if you're excited, give me a yes in the comment. Give me a one in the comments. Let's make this interactive. Um, Austin, thank you so much for being here, man. Josh, thanks for having me, man. This, is, uh, this has been quite a journey. Man, and I remember, so I'll kind of lead off with this. Um, you're, you're a member of the Seven Figure Agency. You came out to our last intensive in November. Um, you came up and tapped me on the shoulder. You said, hey, I've been listening to the podcast. I think I, I want to be on the show, but I, I want to get to seven figures first, but it'll be soon. And I was like, man, I love it. I'd, I'd love to see that happen. And uh, here we are. You've done some amazing things. So, so kudos, first of all, on your growth and your success. Thanks, man. I started listening to your podcast uh, around October 2021. And that was the first time I ever heard you, your voice. And uh, I knew right then I'm like, yep, that's where, that's where I'm going to be. So good, man. Well, this is, this is awesome. I know the, the, the listeners are excited. We've got a great live audience and this is one that's going to be listened to into perpetuity. So let's just start off. Like, so tell us like where you're at in your agency right now, kind of number of clients, you know, average monthly recurring revenue. Yeah. So we just signed two clients today. I think we've signed seven this month and uh, we're only in the ninth day of March. Um, we're at 89,000 recurring a month, um, 46 full-time clients. Uh, we have a number of other clients that kind of fall under a legacy agency. Um, but yeah, that's kind of where we're at today. And we are currently booked out until May, um, wow. which is was a selling point about a week ago when we were mid-April, and and now it's more of a process thing. <laughs> so good, man! C congratulations, and it's always good to see like seven figures that quickly. So, but tell us like where you were at 11, 12 months ago. Like, kind of what was your story leading up to this before you even started this agency? Yeah, so I have a pretty solid background in web development, marketing. I went to school, um, computer science, computer security, math, and business. So kind of nerded out back then. Uh, that seems to have really paid off. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I was working for a company um, director of e-commerce. So I kind of had a little bit of experience on the sales side online as well. Picked up your book, um, audiobook actually. Um, right. I was listening to that and I was actually listening to uh, Grant Cardone's Seller Be Sold right before your book. And the energy from him compared to the energy in your book was different and I almost turned your book off and I'm so glad I didn't because it was life changing. Mm. Um, I listened to your book and it all clicked. I had been running a marketing agency since 2008, uh, Hauser Media, it's still around, um, but big brands. So think of like million dollar a month advertising budgets. Mm. Um, those were the kind of companies that I was working with over the years. Also mom and pop restaurants, that kind of stuff. As you know, that's not a scalable model. Um, so it really clicked. It resonated with me. Uh, January 1st of last year, I decided to part ways, cash out some stock options, um, went out on my own. 
and had no website in place, nothing of last year. Uh, launched Base Coat Marketing on February 1st. Um, zero dollars. In fact, I think we were, if we're going to like count investments, probably like negative $2,000 a month in recurring revenue for the first like month or two. Uh, no clients, nothing. Now I should mention, we, we had, uh, clients in this space for some time before this. Um, so we at least had that kind of going for us rolling in here, but, um, yeah, no clients within the base coat marketing brand, um, quickly picked up some and, uh, you know, scaled pretty quick since then. Amazing. So, so from like a negative start to uh, eighty five thousand plus in a month of recurring revenue, uh, amazing growth. Would love to. Would love to hear. You know, one of the one of the first things we have to do is is kind of decide on the niche, right? Um, and it sounds like you read the book. You're like, okay, I guess this niche things makes sense. Can you talk to us a little bit about? It sounds like base coat marketing works with residential, um, and probably residential commercial painting contractors. How did you land on that niche? Yeah. So I think I stole the spreadsheet too. I, I was going through doing market research based on the, the agencies, or I'm sorry, the, um, the clients that we currently had under the Hauser Media brand. Uh, we had home service companies, some of the large players, in fact, um, uh, you know, plastic surgeons. It's, and going through that list, you look at what's the ticket value of an average closed job. Uh, how many leads are we going to have to generate to actually justify a marketing investment? Um, and I landed on professional painting or plastic surgeons. We've seen the kind of cars that plastic surgeons drive. We don't have to worry about insurance or red tape there. Uh, but the, the field in terms of marketing was pretty saturated. So decided to jump in on the painting side. Like I said, I had experience on that end from a marketing standpoint. So that kind of resonated with me. I think that's a smart move, right? Ideally, you're not coming into this totally, um, you know, totally, you know, with no experience, right? So look at your base of existing clients, see where you've got some good wins, see if there's some potential there and then it go, like start there. And so it sounds like that's what you did. How many painters had you worked with in the past and kind of in what capacity? Yeah. So we've been working with some of the big players in the painting space since like the early 2010s um, and just kind of collected some of them over the years, uh, just determined that we were pretty good at generating results I um, vary about client results. So it's almost uh, so it's almost an obsession to, to a, a, a degree. Um, and that was a space that we were just very consistent in. So that made sense to really kind of pivot and really focus on that space. Love it. Love it. So hopefully if this is a spot you're in in your agency right now, you're thinking, you know what, what niche should I go into? It's, it's a great approach, right? Find where you've got some past wins and, and go for it. Um, I think the next thing is you want to try and figure out how you're going to package what you do in that industry. Uh, so talk to us a little bit like what your program package looks like um, and kind of how you put that together. Yeah, so that has gone through a number of evolutions over the last year. Um, it started out, and so all right, just to back up a little bit, my e-commerce background, um, I had a lot of marketing experience on that side. So there's a, there's a concept in marketing, the good, better, best. It's, um, it's used with like McDonald's, Apple, uh, any sort of product uh, that you can buy. They'll typically have a product that's not worth, the, it's not worth your time or energy. The middle product, which is just right. And then a product that is priced too high. We took a similar concept to our programs where we have uh, the good, the better, and the best. And the, the one right in the middle is the one that we want to sell. Um, so with that approach, we are also doing what I would consider was more like a cell phone plan where um, we have one program 
and different buying options within that program. So we have a month to month, which allows us to market on our website that there are no long-term contracts required. Uh, now that's at a much steeper price. And then we have a, a six month commitment, 12 month commitment and an 18 month commitment. The longer you commit, the cheaper that rate is. Uh, after that, you just go month to month. Now, I know a lot of guys say that there's the paradox of choice where choice creates confusion, confusion creates chaos. I have not had that experience. Uh, we spell everything out pretty clear. We talk about the pros and the cons of each. Um, each program that we have is technically designed for a different type of client within our industry, uh, but they are also priced accordingly. So we have you know, a program that starts at around 2,200 a month, um, one that's about 2,800 and then one that's 5K a month. Um, so that's kind of worked out well for us. And again, we, we've also evolved recently over the last three months to also doing an a la carte program. So we have some clients who come in who might be on the smaller end, right on the precipice of being able to afford our services. And we've broken apart some of our services that we know we can generate results for, such as social ads, um, Google ads, just SEO. And we just do a very good job of setting expectations up front to make sure that they understand, hey, if you go with just SEO, you're looking at six to 12 months for results. Uh, and I found that expectation setting is so important when you're looking at stuff like that. 100%. Love it. So, so you've got these packages, you've got a couple different options. Sounds like you kind of meet with the client, you walk them through kind of where, where, where the right match is going to be for them. Um, interesting, you said the average is over $2,000 per month. And I think a lot of agencies, one of the mistakes they make in this business when they try and go into a new niche is they're, they're like trying to be less than $1,000 per month. And you can only do so much and there's only so much room for profitability if you underprice. And we assume oh, the average plumber, the average painting contractor, the average roofer can't spend like what you just said there, $2,200 to $3,000 a month. But the reality is if you go after the right segment of that market and you position yourself correctly and the value proposition is there, they absolutely will. And, and Austin is living proof of that. Josh, I'll, I'll add to that. So we started out with a $9.99 a month program. Okay, you did. All right. That was you know the same, same thing. We uh, started out that way got a few clients on board and it was a nice selling point to say it's under, you don't have to add on those zeros. Right. Um, but yeah, you're absolutely correct. It is, it is something that you're attracting a low end buyer and it's difficult to generate results at that price point, especially if you're looking at SEO and in, for instance, 80% of what we do today is investing into organic growth. Uh, that's one of our program pitches is we're focusing on long-term business investment. It's a very sticky service. And we just set expectations up front. The client understands that we're going to be relying on ads for a while, but the long-term goal is to really fill up their calendar off of organic traffic. Love it. So, so good. So it started at 997 and kind of ratcheted it up. How long did you stay at that price point before you started going to these higher prices? Uh, yeah, when we started getting uh, booked out quite a bit is whenever it was time to raise the rates. You know, if you're closing every single call, uh, it's time to raise your rates. Now, I should probably consider that again at this point. Um, but I think really kind of where we're at right now is a sweet spot within our market. Um, I think this is just a busy time of the year for us. Uh, we kind of follow the opposite lead curve of our industry. Uh, so when our industry is slow, we get busy. Right. They start thinking, man, what am I going to do to ramp up for a busy season, right? Yep. So Correct. smart, blind demand, right? You priced it. You made, you made sure there were clients. You validated the model. And as you got proven results, as you got more confident 
as you had lead flow, you're like, okay, let's bring that price up. So yep. good. Love it. So, so let's talk about landing the first handful of clients, right? I know you had a little experience in painting, but you decided, okay, I'm going to go base coat. I'm going to sell this digital marketing program. Um, how did, how did you get the first couple of clients? Like what was the marketing strategy that kind of got you out of the gates? Yeah. So, um, Again, I went into this with a, a kind of a pile of cash and some hope, and uh, that was about it. And also, you know, obviously listening to your podcast. I, so I drive my kids to school every day, and I would just put your podcast on in the background. I believe in the law of averages, so I would listen to people on the podcast like we are right now, pick apart certain aspects of each person's experience and what worked for them and kind of pull those in and internalize it. Um, so to start with, I knew in order for me to grow, I was going to have to invest in organic growth. I didn't have the capital to keep throwing two or $3,000 a month into Google ads paid search is a quick win, but it's not sustainable for somebody who's starting from the ground and working their way up. Uh, I was kind of working against Google's algorithm up front where, um, I had a new domain that I purchased in October of 2021. So it hadn't even, even harder, right? Yeah. So, um, you know, I just immediately started investing in content, um, content creation. I follow, I have a big background in SEO. So I think that may have helped. Uh, but I follow some guys online, Brian Dean with backlinko has a very solid SEO strategy. Um, there's a few other YouTube channels, income Academy, I believe it's called income school. Uh, they're more like, um, affiliate marketing focused, but it's the same concept of ranking well online. Uh, and it's all about just helpful content, putting value first, um, everything that you preach, Josh. And it's, you know, from an organic standpoint, if you're putting out helpful content, that's the best way that I have found to acquire new clients. But the first couple of clients came from paid search. So I invested in it heavily upfront, as I mentioned, negative re revenue month to month. Um, and that's how we got the first couple of clients. Paid, paid Facebook ads, paid Google ads, paid something else. All right. Paid, yeah, paid search. So paid Google ads. Um, right. And yeah, we had, I hadn't even touched social until about um, quarter three of last year. <laughs> wow. So, so Google ads, like, and literally just targeting painting, marketing, painting, SEO, internet marketing for painters, like very, very target. Cause to, to be that niche and have results with paid search, that's, that's awesome. Yeah. And I think an effective landing page goes a long way. Um, you know, I'm not just sending people to our homepage. There's a landing page involved. That's everything's with intention. And that's, you know, one of our core values is we only invest time into things that generate results. Paid search does work. Um, within our vertical, it's a great way that we acquire new clients. Um, we have some strategies for our clients to generate them leads, but it's very different on the paid search side. Uh, but yeah, pay, paid search was the quick way to get new clients in the door. We throttled that down once we started getting booked out a little bit and really relied on SEO and the organic growth. And I'd be happy to talk more about that as well. Yeah, I'd love to. So before we get there, though, I'd love to talk about a little bit about your sales process. So you went after painters, you started putting out content and, and you started running some ads and getting people to a landing page to schedule in. Talk to us a little bit like high level. Like what does the sales process look like for one of these painting contractors that is interested in hiring your services? Yeah. So um, that's a great question. I have a very different sales process than I think most people do. Um, I tell people on the call, I don't hard sell. Um, I set expectations up front and I will not take your money unless I'm confident that I can put more money back in your pocket each month. Love it. Uh, it's, it's a novel concept that you might be aware of, Josh. It's just called being a good person. <laughs> I found that it works very well. Um, and it's, it's a trust building factor as well. 
So, but everything that I just mentioned stands true. I, I turn away two thirds of business. So two thirds of the calls that I take that are, are technically qualified candidates, I turn away because they may not be a good fit for us. Um, so whenever it comes to the sales process, we do a single call sales call. Um, it lasts about 45 minutes. We pre-qualify with a few questions up front. Uh, we talk about their business. I do a little bit of evaluation ahead of the call just to determine up front whether I feel like they're going to be a good fit. So things like uh, reputation online, you can't buy that. Uh, if they have four-star review on Google, it's probably not going to be a good fit. Uh, if they have one review on their business profile and their next closest competitor has 100 re reviews, probably not going to be a good fit. Um, those are the kind of things that we just look into upfront. You know, have they hired a marketing agency in the past that has bloated their website with content that isn't going to rank? Like that's something we might need to undo. Um, so those are the things that we look to pre-qualify upfront. If that all works out, we identify that they don't have to stretch as far as a budget standpoint goes to afford our services. Uh, we do have some minimums on that end. We don't like to have all of their eggs in our basket. We like to be one component of their marketing strategy. So we want to make sure they can afford other marketing strategies offsite. Uh, once we get through that process, we'll talk about options, numbers, and pricing. Um, from there, we have a price sheet that they download. We talk through our marketing agency, what we do, why we're here, that kind of stuff. And then we talk through some of the programs that we feel like are going to be the best fit for their, their business. Um, from there, we uh, talk through next steps. And again, I don't hard sell. So I we've actually had a uh, worse experience with those that we close on the first call, which closed two on the first call today. So <laughs> um, <laughs> hopefully that trend changes, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Versus those that we do a follow-up call and the follow-up call I found works better because they come into that follow-up call pre-positioned with questions and ready to buy. Uh, during the, the end of the call, I leave the door open. I say, I'd be happy to talk about next steps, what that looks like. Um, or I'd be happy to schedule a follow-up call if you want some time to think about it. Uh, I've even sent some prospects to our competition to say, hey, why don't you go evaluate them, you know, just so you know what else is out there. And 99% of the time, they still come back. Love it. Good, good stuff. There's a question here from, from Nathan just asking, what types of pre-qualification questions do you ask in order to get a sense uh, of their quality? Yeah. So um, we'd like to, just in our industry, there's a lot of guys who do residential and commercial uh, so B2B, B2C, two very different marketing strategies. So we like to get an idea as to what that looks like for them, whether they're currently investing in any sort of marketing today, uh, if they've ever worked with a marketing agency in the past. So if they've said, yes, I've worked with five marketing agencies in the last year, probably red a red flag. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, we look for things like, hey, do you have a CRM? Do you have processes in place to handle a high lead flow? We start sending them leads, they're paying for it, but they can't close those leads. That's not going to be a good relationship for them. Uh, let's see here. We look at whether they're using subcontractors or employees. That mm. kind of dictates how quickly they can scale on their end. Um, we also look at the, the, the basics are, you know, what's your average um, annual re revenue? What did you do last year? And then what are your revenue goals for this year? So we've, we've had some clients that came to us that are prospects that came to us that were, you know, million, two million a year, but the revenue growth goal was, yeah, I'm just looking to kind of stay where I'm at today. And that may seem like an easy client, but we're really in it to generate some wins for these guys. And if we can't come to the table each month and say, Hey, you know, we're here to help grow your company, then that's not a good fit. Uh, so we look at how quickly that they're looking to grow. And then, um, and yeah, just kind of like if they've ever advertised in the past, what that budget looked like, what the results were for them. 
Uh, we've had some guys come to us and say, hey, we've, we've tried social ads with three different companies and we get all spam leads and it, we can't figure it out. Uh, so that kind of market we're going to look at and say, okay, is that an, an issue with the data that they're advertising with or is that a market issue? And those are all factors that we take into account whenever we uh, onboard a, a new client. Love it. Great, great answer to that question, right? You know, and you're not just asking to see if they've got the money. You're like, your mindset is, is this going to be a good fit? Can we actually help this company? Um, and if those boxes check, then let's talk about doing business. And if not, like, well, let's go a different direction. I think, I think that's, that's awesome. Uh, Paul's got a question here about your program. Uh, and that's like, do you include a website in the monthly fee or do you just do that separate? Like, how do you try to treat that in your program? No setup fees. Uh, so we, the way that we work is whenever we onboard a client within 30 days of that onboarding call. So let's say that we were to onboard somebody today by April 9th, they're going to have every bit of their marketing campaign up and running. We aim for a month one return on investment. So uh, we have a very well built out process at this point. Let's say that you're going with our program that includes social ads, local services ads, a website, business profile management. We'll have your website built and launched by day 30. Typically, our team's able to turn that around in about seven days. Um, and that's all custom content. We do everything in-house. Um, we will get your meta ads up and running within seven days. So your phone's ringing before the second week. Uh, your local services ads, we start that background check process. We're in there optimizing your business profile. So their phone is ringing. They have hopefully have closed the job or two before we even have their website live. Awesome. Love it. Love it. Love it. Um, when you look at the, at the, like the services that you're bringing, like Facebook ads, LSA, SEO out of the gates, like what is it that tends to generate the, the lead flow and the job flow consistently for you guys? Yeah, this is something that it's not, it's, it's by design. We've tested this and our market, I'm not sure how your market is, Josh, but we have shared lead sites that bid up paid search quite a bit within our industry. Mm -hmm. Yep. So Google search ads can be very difficult for some, uh, some, some of these painting companies, to, that math to make sense. Angie is willing to spend $500 on a painting lead, knowing that they're going to resell that same lead to, you know, seven guys, right? Maybe yeah. more, right? Exactly. And they're going to make their margins back, but that math does not make sense for the typical contractor. Uh, Google kind of adjusted their paid search algorithm. It seems like last year, uh, to really favor those with larger budgets. So we actually deter a lot of our clients unless they have an established uh, Google ads campaign to refrain from advertising on Google search ads. And we intend instead focus on LSAs, Google map ads. Those are very local. You're only competing against your local competition. Uh, and then Google, I'm sorry. And then social ads, social ads are just an extremely lucrative lead source. They just need to be set up right to deter tire kickers. Cause you will get a lot of that. The lead quality is never going to be as high as it is on Google. And that's just something that we express on the call up front to our clients is, hey, you know, the close ratio on Google is 50, 60 percent easy. No problem. Social media is 35, 40 percent different seller mindset, different buyer mindset. But if you go into that with the idea of, hey, we need to follow up and follow up and follow up, you can get that close ratio up uh, social media. LSAs, if you have uh, some good reputation on Google, those are definitely some two lucrative lead sources that get the quick wins. Uh, map ads are obviously a good one as well. Um, and then we really aim for the organic growth. Uh, our main goal, like I said, is filling up our client's calendar off of organic leads. We pitch it as they're no longer paying for leads at that point. They're paying for a business investment and that is investing in your website. Love it. Great stuff. Great insights there. Guys, I want you to pay attention to the fact that he really knows this industry, right? He's taking the time to understand what's working best, 
what the average transaction value is. Um, and so he can really talk the talk with the clients and be very, very compelling on their side of the table. Um, two people have asked this, so I'm just going to bring it up. Uh, Malcolm asked as well as Healthy Living, are you including their, their spend in the monthly fee or is that separate in your, in your world? That's separate. And we do not build that into the contract. We have a minimum that we recommend. Um, and we say that we do not guarantee leads in the first 30 days unless they're willing to advertise at that minimum. Is if we don't, if they come in and say, hey, I'm going to spend $100 a month on social media, that's not going to work. Hard pass, right? um, so we, 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 we have a minimum. We allow them to go less than that, but we just don't have any guarantees tied to that. Um, and yeah, that's completely left off the books. We want them to be able to throttle that up and throttle that down. Uh, we put their card on file, not ours. That's completely up to them. Yeah, I would say, you know, for those of you that asked that question, that's a never do. Like just, just charge your management fee, collect that, and then always put the credit card on file for the media to be billed directly to the client. That way you're not commingling funds. You don't have to worry about any of that stuff. But I'm glad the question came up. Uh, all right, so let's, let's get back. You've done an amazing job walking us through how you chose the niche, how you developed the program, how you landed your first couple of clients. Um, let's talk about what's working best for you right now in terms of you've got this just um, massive growth. You've got a, a waiting list of people trying to hire you and you're like putting them out. Um, what's working best? Like what are you doing in order to get these prospects entering your world so consistently? Uh, if you go online and Google anything related to like painter marketing, painter advertising, social media ads for painters, I uh, can go on. Um, we're, if not position one, we're up in the top three there. Uh, we're outranking some very strong competitors in this field. And it's not like the professional painting space doesn't have competitors. It does. In fact, there's, I think, two other guys in the seven-figure agency who I'm very good friends with who target this exact space. So this is not, it's not like you guys can't do this yourselves in your own vertical. Uh, but we really focus on organic growth. And there's kind of a, a three-prong approach here that we take. And this is all going back to last February, whenever I had no money to invest in this company. Um, I had nobody to hire at that point. Like there was just nothing. So I had to bootstrap my way through this with organic growth. Um, so helpful content is really what we aim for. If you look at our website, uh, we have a blog. And it's not called a blog. It's called the Painter Marketing Playbook. Um, and it gives me the out to eventually create a book out of that potentially. Uh, but every week, which I have, <laughs> I've not been very good about this weekly recently, just due to our growth, but every week we are trying to keep consistent about this is posting a new blog post. I write these myself. They are very time intensive, but it's worth it for us to continue doing this because what we do, yes, we're going to get organic rankings from that, but we're also sending out an email newsletter. That email newsletter goes out every single week, every time we do a blog post. We have 4,500 uh, pre-qualified candidates on that list. That comes from our expo, from uh, people signing up on our website. We get about three, 4,000 hits a month. Um, and that's just grown organically over time. And that list, we have, I think, a 55% click-through rate, 20% um, open rate. And it's, they, I'm sorry, 55% open rate, 20% um, click-through rate. So the numbers are extremely high within that email, um, the, those email blasts, but it's because it's the content is so helpful. Um, there's a book that I can recommend that really helped open up my eyes. Uh, it's called They Ask, You Answer by Marcus Sheridan. Um, it's the, the whole concept, and I'll just kind of internalize it and, and spit it out the way that I've used it, is you can do a ton of keyword research out there and figure out like what people are searching for on Google, use like the type ahead and stuff like that. 
we don't do any of that. I don't look at domain authority scores. None of that matters. Google doesn't care about any of that. Uh, what I do is I'm on social media looking at what people in the industry are asking about. I'm part of a painting social media group. It's got like 150,000 painters in it. I'm an admin on that group. And I monitor that group for these kind of questions that pop up time and time again, anything related to marketing or anything that we may do, uh, even stuff that we don't do, uh, such as bidding, like how to bid a painting job. I don't know how to bid a painting job, but I did the research, figured it out and wrote an article about it. And people are going to search for that online. And again, the search volume may be super low, but if you're targeting the right audience, you're going to capture them at the right buying point. Um, so again, it's all about putting the value into it. Uh, the same content that we write on the blog or for, for our website that we mail out in an email, we're also posting it on social media. So again, we're hitting three different things with one blog post. That has been the best way for us to grow. Uh, it's all organic. It only costs my time, which takes about six hours to write some of those posts. Um, I'll sometimes have one of our content writers do an outline just to kind of get it closer to the finish line. Uh, but again, it's quality content. You, you can't get by with like a thousand words just posted on a page. You need checklists, you need images, you need videos. That's the kind of stuff that ranks today. And that's ultimately what people are looking to digest on their end. So good. So like the number one source for you is this organic um, inbound. They found you on search because you put out all this great content. You've developed this list and you're nurturing it with value added content. Um, you know, for those of you that might think, oh, my niche like isn't searching for anything. You're wrong, right? I mean, you're, this is a painting niche. It's almost one of those verticals you might think, man, is there really an opportunity there? Um, but there was people looking in Google search as well as Google paid for very specific, I'm a painter who can help me with these, these issues. Um, and, and, you know, Austin's a great example of that. The other thing I noticed in your marketing that is really compelling is, you, you know, in a short period of time, you've developed a lot of really great social proof, client case studies and testimonials. Talk to me about the strategy you use to develop that social proof. All right. So uh, I'm going to give Chris Martinez a shout out here. He always says I give him too much credit for things. That guy is brilliant. I love him. He's a beast. He's, a, he's so good. Um, so Chris, I was part of his program. Uh, he talked through kind of how to go about obtaining um, customer social proof. Um, so the video strategy is one of them. Um, we basically just get them on their monthly status calls. We do that every single month. Um, and at the end of the call, we say, hey, you know, you had a great month. Uh, would you mind taking five minutes out of your day to for us to answer or for, for us to ask you a few questions? Uh, we incentivize that. It's something it's a video testimonial. They're taking time out of their day to contribute towards us. Um, so we say, hey, we'll knock off fifty dollars off your next invoice if you're willing to take five dollars off. Or how five, much? How much off? Uh, fifty dollars to a hundred dollars, depending on uh, how long the client's been with us and all that kind of stuff. But uh, I think it's a hundred dollars actually. Now that I'm thinking about it. And yeah, the, the rest of it comes organically. Uh, but yeah, the video testimonials are so powerful, as you know, Josh. So we obviously put a, a lot of effort into um, the questions that we ask, the order in which we ask those questions. We slice them up, throw them together into a nice video, and then put, post them on our site. Love it. Yeah, I think the synergy of putting out great content, creating case studies, having great case study video content that you're loading up on social media, you've got on the website, just continues to build that social proof that makes you the undeniable outright expert in this space. And so it becomes a flywheel. It's just new clients coming in on a consistent basis. Um, one question I have about kind of the, the organic place, you get 4,500 people or so on the list. 
Did you start with a the cold outreach list at all, or did you just like literally build it up organically over time? I um I tried the whole cold calling thing. That was just not my thing, man. I uh, we, we we tried that. Um, we tried the outbound email marketing wasn't a thing for us either. Um, so we basically, I've tried almost every strategy out there and this is just what works for us. Uh, I prefer people to come to us pre-positioned and I know that's what you preach. That's really what I value the most is answering the phone, them trying to throw money at me and me telling them I can't take it for a few weeks. Um, that just sets the anticipation up a little more as well. Uh, but no, it's, um, to build up that list, we actually, so we signed up for the PCA expo which in our industry is the biggest trade show expo. It's, it's actually a very awesome industry. They, uh, they teach people things and really help elevate our particular uh, space. Um, they provide us with a list of all of the attendees with the exception of email addresses. So I went through and manually found every single email address on that list and built that up that way. Um, so that got us kind of started with the first, I think, 12, 1500 uh, prospects. And, you know, we started sending them, again, helpful content. We're not blasting them to say, hey, schedule a call or anything like that. It is actually helpful content that can help them grow their business. And we're to the point where we're throwing in our exact SOPs, how we do things on our end. Because it's, it's like if you try to teach somebody to golf, you can talk through it, but they can't just go out there and swing the golf club. Similar mindset for what we do. Um, over time, our list has grown organically. Uh, we have a newsletter submission form on the bottom. So that has scaled very quick. And again, I think that just has to, a lot to do with, with the content we're putting out there, how we're positioned on Google, uh, and just the fact that we don't lead super salesy. It's all very value-driven content. Love it. So good. So uh, a little bit of a, of a backdoor for those of you that, hey, you know, I want to I wanna build a list, um, you know, join the association. That's a quality list of actual people that have paid to be part of the industry association. One of my favorite lists to kind of base from very different than if you just buy a list of emails, um, you know, your open rate, your response rate, you know, just the activity is completely different. The other thing I would say is, you know, a lot of times we put a lot of pressure on ourselves early in the agency to land clients through cold outreach, right? I'm going to have to cold call. I'm going to have to sit and be an I'm going to have to do all of that stuff. Some people that's their strength and they can do it. Other people can't. And Austin's a great example here of, he, he, he didn't try and force the path that wasn't comfortable. That didn't work for him. He went the other path, putting out good content, being involved in the industry, and letting prospects come to him pre-positioned to buy. I think that's, uh, that's just an except, exceptional um, example. Absolutely. Couldn't agree more. All right. So we've talked about how you're landing clients and kind of what the sales process looks like. Uh, talk to me a little bit about um, you know, fulfillment, right? You know, to... to add that many clients and that much revenue, um, you've got to have build the team and build some processes. Talk to me a little bit about what the onboarding looks like and what the team looks like on the, on the back end. We have five full-time in-house content writers, uh, operations manager, two account managers, um, ad specialists. Uh, so I've hired almost all of them in the last six months. <laughs> um, we've, again, scaled very quick. Uh, we're building SOPs as we're doing them. And it's all about the the being very process oriented, having the right people in place. I get asked the question a lot, like, where do I find these people? And I, I hate to say it, I got lucky. I found, <laughs> now, I, I can throw out a few tips though that I think have really helped with, with what we have done just scaling so fast. And that is hiring young talent. Um, mm -hmm. the, the older in age, us, us old guys here, Josh, 
we are very stuck in our ways. We expect a high pay, high salary benefits, all that kind of stuff. You get like a mid 20 year old, no kids, the drive to jump into a startup, the sky is the limit for them. And they are motivated and driven, willing to learn. You can mold them. Uh, so that's worked out really well. And I actually got some of that strategy from the intensive last November is look to hire at colleges. Um, and that's just definitely really helped. But really, I think in order for us to scale appropriately, I think everybody has their own mindset going into that of, you know, I'm going to white label, I'm going to build an in-house team, I'm going to outsource. Um, myself personally, we, you know, we've tried a number of different tactics there. I prefer the in-house content team, fulfillment team. It's, you control your quality, you control the results, you can test and move on a dime. It's very difficult when you're outsourcing things um, to, to really have control of that team and, and know like, are they on vacation? Are they going to be worried, you know, do we have to worry about them getting sick? Having your own team, you have those processes in place. And that's, I think, really what has allowed us to grow so fast over just the last six months even. Love it. So young, hiring young talent, getting them trained up, kind of getting them plugged into the things that they're going to do well. Um, virtual or do you have an office somewhere in North Carolina that everybody sits at every day? So I, I would love to go the Tony Ricketts route and have a brick and mortar. I think there's some value in that. Right now, uh, we have, I think, three people here locally in Wilmington. Um, we have some Filipinos on the content team. They're rock stars. Um, I've priced out you know, the, the content team to be stateside. It is quadruple the price. And I think um, having a remote team for that, they produce the same results, if not better in some cases. Um, and I've had a lot of success in Latin America and Mexico as well. Same time zone, similar time zone. Um, English is generally their first or second language. So that, that tends to work out pretty well. Anybody that speaks to our clients directly is all stateside. Yes, it's expensive, but client retention is so important. Um, I, I would not sacrifice that for the world. Love it. Yeah, yeah. Good, good setup. Like gives you the ability to attract talent from anywhere to find the best talent, not just the best local talent. Um, be cost effective so that you can maintain your margins and still provide world-class service. Um, and, and it's just very, very scalable in that way. Yeah. And you know, it's, it's something that I looked into the local approach and you really box yourself into a talent pool, especially where we're at, we're a small beach town and the talent pool is small. So I, I, I don't want to, um, you know, anybody out there who's looking to hire, don't be afraid to look overseas. Just be sure that you have a good hiring process in place the hiring process is arguably one of the most important things that you do in your company as you start to grow. Uh, I'm no longer in fulfillment. I don't, I don't look at that at all outside of problems that I'm the problem solver guy. Uh, but start with an operations manager. And I know Josh, you have this all documented. I, I know this because I followed it. Uh, your operations manager, it should be the person who can help train your employees as you bring them on. Uh, but hire, 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 hire before you need people. I made that mistake. Love it. So I mean, you can't open a loop like that and not give us a like Cliff Notes version. Like, what does your hire process look like uh, to, to find great talent? Like, not the whole detail, but just a little like high level. Yeah. So uh, I'm going to give Lynn Askin some credit here. He's he's brilliant. Uh, he helped me set up a mark or a hiring funnel. Um, there is three different steps that somebody has to get through to even get to my interview calendar. So that I, I, out of every hundred candidates that apply, I think maybe one actually sees my calendar. Uh, what that looks like is we have an application form, pretty straightforward stuff. We do like an English test, that kind of stuff. Um, gauge whether they're available full time, uh, if they've worked re remote before. 
Um, if they pass that, we have a scoring system. Then they get dropped into a skills test. And we have a different skills test for each position. They go through that same process. And again, this is we make them work for this. We don't want to make this easy. Um, after that, we send them a details test. And this is my, this is my favorite test. Um, we send them, and I think this actually came from Tony Ricketts, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, we send them a Google Doc, and it's our mission statement. It's like four pages long. It's not the most interesting read, but buried on, I think it's page two, we have a paragraph that says details matter. And within there, there's a hidden link. And if they're not reading this document, if they're, not, if they're just scanning through it, they're going to miss this. And it says, click here to submit the key, uh, be resourceful. If they submit that, then they get access to my calendar. So they have had to have passed an English test. We have to know, you know whether they've worked in the past remotely, if they're available 24-7. They have to have passed the skills test. Then they have to have read an entire four-page document just to then book an interview. From there, we turn away about two-thirds of those that we actually interview. So it's not easy, and we, that's by design. So good, guys. So if you're growing, you're scaling, you've got the marketing engine purring, you got to be sure that you've got the hiring operations side of the equation as well. And a big part of that is your recruitment process, your hiring process, your onboarding process. Uh, there's a great question here from Will. Will Hank is saying, uh, Austin's so calm with all of the things that are going on. Uh, are you implementing EOS or something similar to keep the wheels from falling off? And it's uh, so, Will, what's up, buddy? Um, yeah, so EOS is, we're currently implementing that right now. It's actually a conversation I'm going to have with Lynn next week. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's really, it's challenging. I'm not going to lie. It's, it's a difficult process. But uh, again, I'm going to give credit to Chris Martinez here. So Chris is, I think, a glorified life coach. Um, he's somebody who I model myself after. Uh, he's br brilliant in the sense that he talks about putting your, your mind, your body, and your family before the business. Business comes last. It'll fall into place if you treat your mind, your body, and your family right. Um, so I really just found that prioritizing that, I start every single day with a workout, followed by meditation. Um, I try my best to leave time for family and friends. That sometimes falls to the wayside. I'm not going to lie. Uh, but we're not, we're not all per perfect, right? Um, and then finally, the business falls into place. So by 8 a.m., I have already kind of accomplished a few goals for the day. I'm ready to get going. Josh, I know I mentioned whenever I was in the intensive in November, I go to bed by eight o'clock. I wake up at around 4.30 each morning. That is my day. And I don't touch my phone until 8 a.m. when I have done everything that I need to do to start my day off. So I start my day off on a very low note. No matter what happens throughout that day, it doesn't matter how bad that morning starts. I'm at least starting low. Uh, so yeah, Will, to answer your question, it's just mindset starting off the day, getting that blood pressure up, you know, getting your heart rate up um, and meditate, man. It's, uh, it's something that I had very underestimated how important that was. Love that. Powerful, powerful insight there, right? Putting the body, the mind, the family first and let the business take care of itself. Let's talk a little bit about retention. So, um, you know, landing that many clients in a new niche with all of these new processes, uh, what are you doing in order to uh, maximize the retention rate and kind of keep sticky with the clients that you do get stickiness is something that i have I, I love sticky services right so it just makes selling and onboarding people easy because you know that they're going to stick around if you if you keep them happy and so knock on wood we have not lost a single client to date um holy moly yeah, are you kidding so me 100 percent retention 100 i've fired a client but i've not lost anybody to results or anything like that that is um, phenomenal 
so every client that we have today is the client that we had back in February. Um, and yeah, so look, I, like I said before, I obsess over client results. It was actually something that I think helped um, kind of slow down our business growth up front. And it was actually something that um, I, I've, I've since shifted from client results to client communication is the, now the priority. Uh, we over communicate with our clients. Um, the first 30 days, as you know, Josh, are so important. Uh, so our, everything starts with our sales call. We nurture them. We keep them engaged up until the day of their onboarding call. Their onboarding call. We have a very robust onboarding process. Probably the first six months of running this business was all focused on our onboarding process. So the first 30 days, we are in constant communication with them. Uh, again, we're getting them phone calls in those first 30 days. If you start out that relationship on a high note, even if the results lag a little bit in the future, they at least have that, that high note going into it. If you start that relationship off on the wrong foot, you're sowing seeds of doubt. And that doubt can eventually grow into a tree, which that's going to you know stab you in the back at some point. So the first 30 days are really where we prioritize most of our time and energy. The monthly status calls, touch points throughout each month. We leave our client or we leave our calendars open to all of our clients as well. That may need to change eventually, but right now um, we're willing to talk to them about anything under the sun. They want to talk about marketing strategy, offsite, uh, tech stacks, uh, and we're also providing as much value to them as possible. So outside of just marketing, we also do industry partnerships and we don't take kickbacks or commissions or incentives or anything like that. We pass that down to our clients as a value add. And they come to us and a lot of our clients have questions outside of just marketing. Like uh, we're looking at a business coaching program. What would you recommend? There's a few different coaching programs within the professional painting space that we can recommend. We're industry partners of theirs. Uh, what tech stack do you recommend outside of marketing? There's process oriented tech stacks that we can re recommend to our clients. Again, we're an industry partner of theirs. Um, so we come in as the expert. It, for, for them, it just sounds like there's nowhere else to go. Uh, and again, we're building a long-term business relationship in the, in the form of organic growth on their end. And we can prove it because we can say, hey, look, go online, Google painter marketing or painter advertising. Who shows up first? If we can do it for our national industry, imagine what we can do for your local painting business. So good, man. 100% retention. I think you hit the, the, the right points, right? First, obsess over client results, Right. You don't have a foot to stand on if what you're doing doesn't actually generate tangible, measurable results for the client. Second, the onboarding, making sure you just knock it out of the park out of the, the first couple of, of uh, weeks and months with the client. Uh, and then the ongoing client communication, seeding the vision, just figuring out how to add value, not nickeling and diming, but saying, hey, look, where, where do you need help? Where do you need support? And kind of filling in those gaps. Um, amazing shares there and uh, just tremendous work. Love it. Okay, let's see, what, what else? We talked about how you're landing clients, how, what your program looks like, what your retention strategies look like. We talked a little bit about operations and scale. Um, like, what does the management process look like day to day within the business? We're actually going through a reorg right, right now. Um, so I'm bringing on a new operations manager. Our current operations manager is great at client fulfillment, success, um, we're bringing in a guy with a ton of experience, like borderline six figure salary. Um, and that's really what's going to help our company to take our company to the next level. Over the last six months, we have really positioned ourselves from, uh, you know, an operational standpoint to scale. Uh, we're over hiring, hiring before we need, but retaining our margins. 
So I really think um, getting your numbers in line is so underrated. Mm. And I know that, you know, um, Ben McAdams and Chris Martinez both preach this. You have to know your numbers. If you're out there operating uh, just by the seat of your pants or haven't read the book Profit First, you're doing it wrong. You cannot scale that way. We know exactly what our operational expenses are, what our fulfillment expenses are. Um, we time track. And those are the numbers that allow you, they give you the data to really grow. Without that, like I said, you're flying around with your pants on fire. Um, and that allows you to hire ahead of time because you know, okay, if we are booked out, you know, this number, X number of weeks, and we're currently onboarding, I think two or three clients a week right now. So it's not like we're, we're doing this slow. Um, but I know at what point we can start hiring for the next role that we're going to need. And again, it's because we time track all that. We have all that data. Uh, and guys, this is not something you do overnight. This is trial and error. It's pulling your hair out, but it gets the job done at the end of the day to give you that freedom that we're all after. So good. I'm glad you brought up like, you know, the whole profitability thing, right? Revenue is vanity. Profit is sanity. It's fun to say you built a seven figure agency in 11 months. But if that was at the expense of having any profitability, that's no fun. I know you've done a really good job of controlling your margins. Um, and, you know, that's a function of as you, the agency owner, recognizing it's not just about revenue growth. It's not just about new client growth. It's not just about client results. You also have to know your financials, right? You need to be stopping monthly and looking at how much do we spend? How much do we generate? What's the profit margin? Keeping your gross margins under control and kind of making those adjustments as you go, um, Austin, you've got a lot of things right, right out of the gates in this agency. Uh, and I'm super impressed with everything you've shared. Hey, man, I honestly, like I said, I couldn't have done it without picking up your book right, right here. All right. So um, I, I just cannot uh, emphasize enough how well this program works. Um, you know, last February, I jumped in with both feet, uh, negative recurring revenue. No idea. I remember talking to my wife, no idea if this was going to work or not, but we were going to give it a shot. Um, and it really scaled quick. Now, something we didn't touch on Josh is just how last year went for me. And I know this, um, this podcast thing is titled, um, to seven figures in 11 months while well, we're technically past 11 months right now. So last year, last February, I started this company, launched it, you know, no traffic, nothing. Um, March 28th of last year, day of my 20, uh, 34th birthday, I was diagnosed with a brain tumor. And you want to talk about a life-changing event that can just like change the course or tra trajectory of, of your life. Uh, it was being diagnosed with a brain tumor at 34. Um, I had no idea what that path looked like after that, but I knew the only path that I had at that time was to continue pushing forward. Um, I had to take two months off last year, month le leading up and then a month after to learn how to rewalk again. I came out with this really cool haircut um, and I came out on the other side of that in pretty rough shape meningitis. It was, it, I went in looking pretty good and came out looking pretty bad. Um, it wasn't until I met Chris Martinez that that kind of reset my mind, got me thinking in the right mindset to, to really grow this thing to where it is today. And honestly, most of our growth, just in November, we were only at 30K. We're at 89K today. So this can happen overnight. I, I'm not saying this is easy. This has not been easy. Um, there's a lot of bumps in the road that come up. And uh, it's really, guys, you just have to go into it with the right mindset, 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 mindset. I cannot preach that enough. So good, man. And it's incredible enough to have gone to seven figures as quickly as we had. Um, but like with that brain tumor and the surgery and the recovery in between makes it even more incredible. 
Um, man, what a, what a powerful story. What a powerful journey. Um, there, there are a couple additional questions here in the comments. If you have a couple yeah. minutes to, to tackle a couple of these guys, and if you're watching live and you're getting value, which I know you are, give me a, a one in the comments, share some love for Austin, sharing his story, sharing his journey, uh, being so abundance minded. Uh, he's hit all of the high points and, um, dare I say maybe one of the quickest to, to seven figures that I, that I have, you know, worked with. So this is super, super awesome stuff, man. Uh, okay. So one question is from Chris Pistorius. Chris is asking, I see on your website, you talk about recruiting. Um, how big a portion of your business is that? What percentage of your clients use you for those recruiting services? Yeah. Uh, not, not many. It's, um, it's actually a service that, um, that we'll kind of throw in as, as like an Easter egg. If, if they're on the border and they're like, Hey, you know what? That's we, we consider it a gate attribute. So um, a gate attribute when we're talking, talking about good, better, best model in terms of marketing is an attribute that somebody really wants, but they have to pay for it. And it, so that's something that it's very low effort on our end. We just run some ad campaigns around it. We may post up a careers page, but we have that all templated and built out. They're all processes at this point. So if somebody comes to us and says, hey, we need to hire for this position, we have them send over a job description or some job requirements. We'll have our content team type up a job description and we'll advertise that for them. Again, very low effort stuff, but for the client, it's, it's invaluable for them. It's, uh, it's something that we're going above and beyond for. Love that. Love that. And so is it usually Facebook ads? Is it posting on Indeed, a combination of both? Uh, yeah, we do mainly social media ads and then we'll also hit on, on their website as well. Um, we could get some social, I'm sorry, some paid search uh, campaigns up and running, depending on how aggressive they want to get with it. Uh, but generally if we do a, like a page on their website, we hand them a QR code, they'll hand out some business cards at their local, um, you know, events or whatever. Uh, that is, you know, it's these little things that we do that I think make a big, um, a big impact for our, our clients. Love it. I think it's another example of like really looking for the problem in the industry. If you're, if your client isn't, it doesn't have any contractors, right? They're not going to need a bunch of lead flow. And if the, maybe that's their big challenge, if you can solve that for them, which leads to the domino effect of them ready to grow again, that's, that's just really good, really good thinking on your end. Uh, love that. Uh, Julie had a follow-up question. Uh, you mentioned you can join this association. They didn't give you the emails. What did you use to append the email addresses uh, to those contact records? Yeah, I googled the address of every business and uh, and copied and pasted. <laughs> it's, it's like good old, I said, guys, fashion, good yeah. old fashioned elbow grease, right? You know, probably took a day and a half or two of just like Google, click, copy, paste. Yep, and it, you just batch it out. And you know, guys, there. I think it's a really important to understand is you don't grow this fast. It's not easy. This is this is like hard stuff here, but. Josh and his program gets you to the 10 yard line. All you need to do is put in the effort to get it over into that end zone. Uh, but yeah, at the end of the day, this is just hard work. There's, there's no shortcuts here. So good, man. I'm just reading through the comments to make sure we didn't leave anybody high and dry. Um, there are more ones that I can share. So just people are inspired. This has been an amazing interview. Um, thank you so much for sharing. Um, let's see. One person asked, who's Tony Ricketts? Just here, Tony Ricketts is one of the members of the Seven Figure Agency from Online Marketing. Um, super generous individual, shares lots of really cool insights with the community. Um, he's also speaking at our intensive on how to sell, uh, which is going to be great. And you mentioned Chris Martinez a couple of times. A couple of people like, can't, can't find Chris. Look up Dude Agency. Chris Martinez has an amazing program to help you scale the operations side of your agency. Um, just a great human being to connect with 
as well. Um, I think we hit all of the questions here. Um, again, this has been awesome. You know, congratulations on your growth. I can only imagine where you're going to be in the next 12 months. It'll be a new set of challenges. It'll be a new learning curve, but I have no doubt you'll step up to it. You'll continue to crush it. Um, really excited to see you next week at the intensive. I'm looking forward to it. Like if you had one last piece of wisdom to share with that digital marketing agency, that's just kind of, you know, trying to get to the next level. What would, what would that be? Invest in yourself. I mean, that's just the easy thing. I tell this to all of our clients as well. You need to invest in yourself. Um, now I did it. I started with the seven figure agency, uh, jumped on board with the dude agency over there with Chris. Um, it's guys, you don't get to this scale on your own. Um, you, you really need to pick apart the people that have walked in your, your path before. Um, I, I like to use the, the law of averages. So there's a lot of smart guys out there. None of them have all of the answers that you're looking for. I pick apart and choose the different nuggets that everybody drops and figures out what's going to be the best for me and my strategy and my end game. Um, and that's on, honestly what's helped, I think, gr us grow so fast. Um, also investing in your team. I pay our employees very, very well, I think above the typical market average. Um, and that keeps them happy and engaged. I, I'm not here to make money. At the end of the day, that's, that's the, the side effect of it. Our bank account has grown significantly over the last three months. Um, but guys, it just starts with your mind, your body, your family. Um, invest in yourself, invest in yourself. So good. Austin, thanks so much for coming on and sharing. Thanks for those of you that listened for the great engagement and all of the questions. Uh, whether you're watching this live or maybe you're watching this after the fact, if you'd like to talk about how we can work together to help you take your agency to the next level, you can go to sevenfigureagency.com slash schedule, schedule a free session. We'll talk about where you're at, what your goals are, see if there's a fit in the program to help you move things forward faster. Um, and Austin, thanks again. Guys, thanks, thanks so much for being here. And we'll, we'll see you on a future episode of the seven figure agency podcast looking forward to it